It's the Tiltcast, episode 503, Beef That Needs No Teeth. It's, uh... And this week, guys, we talk more Death Stranding, Dyson Sphere Program, and Weird West. Stay tuned. Beefy. Get my down. Synchronized caning. And we're back. It's the Tiltcast. Hey, it's an M-rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Rusty. Somewhere in the internets is... Hang on, I can't hear you for some reason. <laughs> a Jason. That it would be a Jason. With technical difficulties, apparently. Right on the onset. It is uh, April 23rd at... I don't even know what time it is. 9.48 p.m. It's 73 degrees with a tornado watch. It just says tornado. It's like, this is what the weather is. Tornado. 73 degrees, tornado. Um, We are tornadoes. <clears throat> yes. Well, welcome to Oklahoma. This is um, every, every other day, sometimes right around this particular time of year, where we get a... Uh, tornado watch or a tornado warning or somebody's house gets blown over or I don't know, man, it's, it just, it just happens. Uh, we decorate and our lawns with my, aud- my audio's back. Oh, Yay, well, discord. Welcome back here. Hey, I introduced you for you because you still came Thank through. You. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't know what was. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. like cracking cans starting up and you're like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> so it's uh, it's well, been it's what it is. Yeah. So Jason's got a migraine, so he's remote, and then Rusty is here. I have I've... a migraine, and I'm here. What the fuck is your excuse? <laughs> well, you had my dog last the night before last. Yes. And I was out of town again. It's my. I'm going out of town again soon, and then not for a while. Yes, I watched your bitch. Yep, I watched <laughs> my bitch. Um, Lola really likes spending the night with Rusty. She she's super fucking comfortable with it now. The first time it was there was a uh, a period of like, oh my god, where the fuck did uh, Justin go? Where did where did Daddy go? Where did Daddy go? And for like an hour, she was running around looking for you know looking for a person who was on his way to a show. Um, I ended up having to take her outside to show her that, she, you know, that he wasn't in the parking lot still. Uh, that did not happen this time. She was... Well, I, I got to wave goodbye, and yeah. I gave her the look like, hey, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. I'll be back eventually. Well, you did that the first time, but she was not, she was not having the fact that she was acting like I went, went to go get a pack, a pack of smokes or get some milk. Like, yeah, yeah. And you just didn't come back. Um... <clears throat> No, this time, uh, you know, uh, she had the zoomies for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, just like plopped on my couch and watched me play video games for hours. Because you know, good, you know, good gaming dog does that. She's um, used to me doing the same thing. In fact, she even mellows that even more when I put headphones on. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because she knows that I'm not paying any attention to her. Gotcha. Uh, well, well, because I sit in meetings all day with headphones on. Ah, uh, gotcha. That that makes total sense. I uh I I didn't have any problems. She you know she would uh, uh, come over. She would visit. She'd be you know she she did the whole like gotta jump up on your chest thing uh in the middle of 
me playing a game of you know but i was playing a game that i could just kind of like let go uh so that was great um but yeah she's super chill now she just like i don't know maybe 10 15 minutes after you you know you were out she was passed out on the couch i I sent you a picture (laughs) yeah i also gave her two benadryl right before i brought her over oh well that may uh might have helped a little bit but uh yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's she was uh, perfectly fine. Um, you know, she she has an aversion to stairs, though. I live in a second floor apartment, and uh, she she did the stairs the first time. I got her to go down when we left. Oh, really? Yeah. You turd. She made. Me... I pointed and I said, "Let's start." She. She made me carry her like the little fucking princess that she pl- thinks she is uh, up and down fucking stairs like two or three fucking times when I was taking her out. Um, she just she just refused. I would go down the steps and I would point down the steps and I would be like, come on. And she would be just she would just turn around and she'd like stare at the wall. <laughs> and she's like, no, you're going to pick me up. Servant. <laughs> Peasant. You will pick me up, peasant. Um, but yeah, she she's she's super chill. She um, she uh, she definitely uh, definitely likes it over at my place, and she's perfectly uh, perfectly okay with the uh, uh, with the surroundings. So, <clears throat> and she cuddles like she can't stop cuddling. She wants to fucking be like right next to you. So. Uh, so it's, it was, it's always a joy having her over because it's something completely different. Like I don't have pets of my own. I've used to have pets, but I I don't have pets. Um, and my life gets really fucking boring and really, really, really quiet. Uh, Almost too routine. (laughs) Yeah. It's super fucking quiet in my apartment because I'm, I'm so used to being fucking overly quiet. In an apartment. I can't make any fucking loud noises. I can't listen to fucking anything that has any kind of bass to it. Uh, the the music that I had on when you came over uh, was about as loud as I could get it. I didn't even notice you had music going. That's exactly it. You're, you're, God damn. Yeah. I had, I had music going. It sounded like the video game music. Um because I, I, I listen to all kinds of shit, but most of the time, if I need to have positive energy, I listen to, you know, um, Monster Cat. So I've listened to a lot of different kinds of, like, you know... EDM, basically. It's EDM. It's different flavors of EDM all mashed together into, you know, into a channel, which is um, it's actually not bad uh, for keeping my mood up. <clears throat> but... um it tends to have a lot of bass lines to it because a lot of EDM does, right? Um, I have to keep that on the fucking lowest goddamn volume or put my headphones on if I want to listen to it loud. Uh, and it's like my my little apartment is kind of like this little silent chamber most of the time. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> Jason, lighten the mood. How's your, how's your not-so-silent life been going? <laughs> My not so silent life has been full since we last recorded has been full of family Easter and then work. Well, and oh yeah, fucking hours, 
Easter hours of few more hours of Death Stranding, and that's really well, about it. Fucking Easter, dude. Like things that I miss being a fucking single dude with barely any fucking family. You know, well, no family in the immediate area, and you know, no ties outside of my little fucking like world that I create. Um, Easter went and you know came and went for me. I didn't really didn't do much either, honestly. I went ate. Uh, my dad actually made a. I say actually, my dad could barbecue like a motherfucker, but it is my motherfucker. Anyways, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> just hit me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he made some pulled pork that was delicious. Um, and then my mom was inspired with something I did to the broccoli and then uh, made some broccoli to go with it. And then a bunch of like baked beans and stuff for everybody else that wasn't on keto. <laughs> but I ate it without sauce. It was good stuff. He made some made a excellent pulled pork. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's who taught me how to smoke. We have competitions on who can make the best smoked food. My dad's pretty good, though. And speaking of which, though. Um, I went to Kansas City, went to Metal Show. Um, yeah. Went, well, I say Kansas City, Lawrence, which is uh, the college town suburb of Kansas City. Yeah. That's why I was watching Lola. Yeah. Um, it's only sitting in that far away. It's about three and a half hours, which is really great. I'll probably go to plenty of shows in Lawrence if there's anything of note that I really want to go to. Found a, found a place that I don't mind staying, although the service is shit, but it's in a really quiet area. Like, you can get a cheap hotel in a t- college town like Lawrence and not really worry about anything. Like there was literally no, there's another car in the, in the parking lot. Got an Econo Lodge for $52. It was a clean room. Okay. Um, no noise. That was exactly what I needed. It was a place to lay my head for a night. That's not in my car. So I could, you know, road trip like an adult. Um, I was not there for the hotel. Like, you know, it was, it took me like, 20 minutes to check in because nobody was at the front desk and I guess somebody saw me on the video camera and then finally came running back like in a hurry like what were you doing he's sitting in the back you know, sitting in the back playing video games 100% yeah well she was in another world or something I don't know it doesn't matter okay well That's, maybe she was doing something different then whatever she was doing she obviously wasn't paying attention well, but she came up. She's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Blah blah blah. I was like, "That's fine. I just want to check in real quick." And then it took her like 20 minutes to check me in because she couldn't find my reservation. Regardless, it was 52 fucking dollars. That's a great price for a hotel. I needed no room service. This was one of those hotels where your door faces the parking lot. You know? Yeah, that's a motel, dude. Yeah, that motel. is that is that is what I'm probably going to end up staying at on my trip. So you know, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Perfectly fine. Water pressure sucked. That doesn't matter. I wouldn't stand there longer than the six hours I slept. Dude, I've... We have all been to worse places. So... Yeah, speaking of, Red Roof Inn with Trent to go see uh, Tech. That was fucking scary. I talked about that a couple years ago. Yep. Actually, it was 2019, I think. Um, but, yeah. Um, fucking Red Roof Inn has gotten... Yeah, like, that is the well, worst fucking place that I can think of. My the one fucking time that I ended up having to uh, to stop, it was a red roof inn, and oh my god, there was some sketchy shit like on the fucking well, walls. They and had shit. they had signs all over the place saying that like we're not responsible for theft in your vehicle. Please keep an eye on your car. Make sure you lock your vehicle up. It was gated, like you had to come in. There was 
you had to ring a bell and they let you in and ask you for your reservation at the gate. What? Yeah. Yeah, was, no, fuck that shit. It was rough. It was in a pretty rough area of Dallas. I don't remember how much you paid. I probably spent like 70 bucks in the room. But for four people, yeah, five no. people. Well, well, true. But still, <clears throat> yeah, I tend to... Uh, I, I tend to stay, uh, steer away from red roof ends. Even if I uh, even if I spend more, I'm going to go I've, someplace that looks a bit better. Yeah, you know, I'm not looking for a fucking swimming pool or fucking like you know even a continental breakfast. I don't care about that shit as long as there is like a coffee that I can fucking make in the morning and I can well, jump in the fucking shower. This is still in the range of Quick Trip, and there was a Quick Trip three blocks away, so I went and loaded up on a couple of energy drinks oh, yeah. the night before and oh, well. fueled up. Then you're, you're and then perfectly. just threw it in the little mini fridge, you know, before I left, you know, so I had cold energy drink on the way out. Fuck yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, so I got there, checked in. Um, I was like Kansas City barbecue. I have yet to find good Kansas City barbecue. Um, it, I. It's supposed think. to be known for their barbecue. You right? would think, like, right? I lo- I'm a connoisseur of the of the beef that needs no teeth. Right. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> right. I uh, teethless beef. I no, no. I like the way that you put it the first time. <laughs> the beef that needs no teeth. <laughs> so, yeah. So I went to this place, and I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to slander somebody on a podcast. But it was rated really well. Um, and it was kind of expensive. Um, not that barbecue is ever like, you know, cheap, like, like, uh, fast food, right? Like you expect right. to spend about 15, 20 F- bucks. Yeah. 15, 20 bucks is what I was about to say. Uh, it's about, it's usually a kind of ginormous serving. Now there is one place I will slander because they're awful and they're way over it. And that is Albert G's here. Albert G's here is horrible. I took Trent there for his birthday. It was so sterile smelling when I went in there. You gotta be able to smell smoke when you go in a barbecue joint. Right. You should be smelling the meat. It was fucking awful. Like it tasted like it almost tasted like they baked it. Like it was tender, yes. It was dry as fuck. The bologna had zero flavor to it. I could tell they didn't hash it so that they could get the smoke smoke to like seep into it. Right. It did not taste like they smoked their food. It tasted like they put it in an oven and maybe added a tinge of liquid smoke to the ribs. It was Man, that that place for barbecue is like two out of five stars. Like it's it's fucking horrible. Wow. The only thing good they got going for is the restaurant was clean, the service was good, and the the meat was tender. But that was, I mean, you could but, do that in a slow cooker in a fucking kitchen. I mean, my ex used to work at a restaurant <laughs> and they'd make ribs and they'd put them in the oven, you know, and they were okay, but it right. definitely wasn't smoked ribs. Right. Anyways, I went to this place expecting something good and I was like, oh, good. They told me like, hey, we're out of like seven things, right? It's like, okay, well, that means that people eat here a lot. And yeah. it was rated really highly on Google and I was like, okay, they're just out of stuff because they're good. Or just because the people of Lawrence have no taste in food. I guess that's what it is. And I don't I don't mean to slight the whole town, but if this is why you rated it, like I'll give here's the good things. The sauce obviously they throw their sauce in the smoker. Their sauce is excellent. They have really good sauce. Um the ribs, eh, three out of five. They okay. weren't bad. They're pretty dry. Okay. Um and then their brisket, man, two out of five. Their brisket was awful. It was this little cube, they cube their brisket, which is weird. Like, I want slices of brisket. I don't want little brisket cubes. Oh, you mean yeah. like uh, chopped brisket is what they, you know, what they ended up giving you then? Well, they cubed it because it wasn't tender enough to chop. Oh, my God. 
Okay. Yeah, no. That's it's, that's something different. I've had a lot of steak that was more tender. Like, the fact that I... I mean, I could cut it with a fork, but with a lot of effort. And that was... No. It wasn't that smoky. I'll give them props that it was smoky a little bit. But this place is an easy three out of five. Um, their saving grace was their sauce and the ribs were okay. But, like, I was showing pictures to Matt. I was like, Matt, we got to go on a barbecue tour. Like, this is... I can't seem to find like that many good barbecue places. If I can outsmoke you with my backyard grill, granted, I'm not bad at it, but I'm looking for somewhere that does something better than I do because you're professionals. I'm just an amateur barbecuist. <laughs> barbecuist. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, but I'm also kind of not that you, you know, that you haven't found you know, a good place yet in Kansas city. Um, mainly because from what I've heard, it's just Kansas city's got like a sauce. Like they have a different style of, you know, of smoking and barbecue that, uh, that relies heavily on their sauce. Uh, and it's, I want my ribs to be dripping. Okay. And I want there to be moisture in the meat. And you're probably not going to find it, you know, find it there. And the places that you do go to that are good are packed almost all the time. Yeah. Well, I went at like 530 on a Thursday and it was definitely not packed. Yeah. You probably, yeah. Well, A, you probably got there later than what you would normally get. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like all the good barbecue places here are always best at lunchtime. Right. Because or two two o'clock ish somewhere around there, or like right around seven o'clock when they're getting their next batch, you know, about ready. Right, exactly. And it, it could have been that I just got old shit, and that could have been what it was, dude. But regardless, like that was the time I needed to eat because I was figuring, oh, I'm gonna the doors open at six thirty. I need to get go get going, you know. So I, you know, I tipped her the waitress. I tipped her a decent amount, but like I got like four ribs and a little like. I don't know, like it's tiny nothing. bowl of like brisket, right? For twenty four dollars. Okay, but that's not the waitress's yeah. fault. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I <laughs> I gave her like a nine dollar tip, but but she was very nice. Thing. When when you're talking ribs and barbecue, you're not going to get like drippy fall off the bone ribs in Kansas City. They yeah. rely heavily on their sauce. Right. I mean, it must be you that. Me, Jason, Memphis. me and you could run circles around these guys with our food. <laughs> their fries were really good. Well, I had fries because they're out of fucking everything but fries and baked beans. Okay. But, I mean, I could do fries. <laughs> and I don't but, fry anything. Yeah, their fries were excellent. <laughs> they had some really good you, fries. You want moist ribs? Go to Memphis. Yeah, or I'm just going to go to, I'm not, this is not slander. Leon's here is fucking spectacular. I fucking love Leon's Rubicon. Like, those are the two places yeah. I cannot find anybody that beats freaking uh, Leon's or Rubicon. Like, they are literally the best that I've ever had. And that goes for Texas, Missouri, Kansas, well, um, Arkansas. People, like, nobody just touches them. Like, I can't touch them at all. But. People put Texas in barbecue, but really barbecue, Texas barbecue is more about the brisket, the pulled pork. You know, that's kind of where, where it is. You want good rib game, you go to Memphis. Yeah, I I don't know. 
if we ever do this barbecue tour, then we're going to have to get 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 some research going and visit like the five best places in this area. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, really do want to do it. That's a very old man thing to do, but I want to do a barbecue tour. Um, it's not oh, a, yeah. It's not an old man thing. It's 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 a road trip of the purpose is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I got to find the best barbecue in the tri-state area. There you go. It's um, a road trip with a purpose that we can drive afterward because we're not stupid drunk. It's true. Oh, gosh. That's another thing that was different about this road trip. I did crawl instead of a bar crawl. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I actually did not drink myself like way stupid this time like I normally would. Um, first of all, Guinness there was $10 can, so that was that cut it down pretty quick. God damn. But the other thing was is that they had free water on the side, and it really needed it. There was... It was humid, and normally Kansas City is about 10 degrees or 15 degrees cooler than it is here. Um, that was not the case. It was the exact same temperature, and it was fucking muggy as shit. Oof. And being in a packed place, I, this is definitely a smaller show. It was about 500-ish people there. But when I got there, the line was all the way out. It's this place called The Bottleneck, which is literally just a huge, long hallway. It's like maybe 100 feet wide and like, I don't know, maybe a football, a football field long. Who would make a fucking building like that, though? It's in a, it's an old building, and so it's just a real long, it's like the whole block is filled with building, right? And it's like the middle space, and it's just the whole space from front to back, the whole block. Okay. So it's like a whole block, but like 100 feet wide, and it's just, it's a bottleneck, you know? So okay. I mean, I've seen some cr- uh, crazier fucking establishments, I'm, you know, but, like, there's... <laughs> like the smallest little fucking things, right? But a venue that is like that wide. Well, you know? I, when I looked at pictures, because I was trying to scope it out before I got there to figure out what it looked like, so I could find it easy. It, uh, it. I was like, that looks like there's like maybe ten cars parked out in front. Of, this is not a very big venue. And then I got there, and I was like, there's a line wrapped all the way around the block. And I was like, oh fuck. And then I saw how I asked somebody in you know, the locals was like, so is this venue just like really long? He's like, yeah, that's why it's called the bottleneck. It like just goes all the way back. It's that whole building with a little mouth. Oh, wow. Okay. He's like, that's just, that's just how it is. He's like, so when you get in there, if you want to see the show, you need to kind of elbow your way up, kind of up close. He's like, but there's a standing area in the back with tables. And that's where some people stand and watch over everybody else. Just gotcha. what I did for the first show. But, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, not to like dive way into it, but um, found out one of the people from one of the bands that I was seeing like listened to the show, which I thought was pretty cool. Sweet. So that was really fun. The uh, made a point of uh, of just trying to enjoy myself a lot by myself. Like I can be, I'm one of those weird extrovert introverts. Like I got to have me time to like cool down, mm-hmm. but I can be anybody's friend. And not say stupid things and just, like, I made a whole bunch of friends with people I don't even remember the names at this point. Um, <laughs> I got selfies with, like, all the band members for almost all the bands, which was really fun. I don't post a lot of that stuff to social media. I posted a little bit, but it's going to go on my picture wall. Um, I went up to one of the main bands. So the two main bands I was seeing was a band called Archfire and another band called Inferi. And uh, I made a big point of, like, going and taking pictures with those guys. And then I was talking to them. And uh, I was like, yeah, so I drove three and a half hours to see you guys because you guys won't come all the way fucking south to Tulsa. Like, so the vocalist looks at the other guy, Toby, and he's like, all right, Toby, so you know what that means? He's like, that means that you can't suck tonight. So 
I hope that you do really well tonight. Um, which I thought was pretty fun. And I took pictures of those guys. They handed up and made some stupid faces while I was taking pictures. It was really fun. And then I bought way too much fucking merch. I was talking to somebody else, like, with shows coming back, because they've been gone for two years. Mm-hmm. People are spending a lot more. Like, there's this guy. He works at the dollar store. And he's like, yeah, I spent $250 on merch tonight. It's like, have you been doing that a lot? He's like, yeah, because I haven't been to any shows. He's like, this is the third show I've seen this year. So it's like, I feel like I'm making up for lost time and I'm just living. He's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. He's like, it could close all the way back down again. And then I won't see shows for another couple of years. So I might as well just live it up. So same here. I spent like $250 on a bunch of fucking t-shirts and ball caps and all sorts of shit. But like, whatever. It's, it's, it's funny. Walking out with all the fucking merch. <laughs> I, well, and I was close enough that. I could just pick up all these T-shirts and run them to my car and then come right back. <laughs> so just exactly my hands are free. Hey. Hands are free now. I can buy more. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, that's just good for all of these bands and their road crews. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. they've they've all been missing out on a major they, chunk of their incomes. Yeah, they were running out of shit, uh, out of shit like real time. There, like they kept running back to the van to go get more shit because they kept running out of stuff. Which is good because they're like, I was like, so how do you keep up? He's like, well, we FedEx it to the next place. So he's like, we've got another batch coming to the next place we're going tomorrow night. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. That makes, yeah, that makes perfect sense. He's like, so we just kind of judge the crowd and how active it's been and then what shirts have been selling the most. And those are the ones we order. And then they FedEx it and they will freaking almost overnight it to the next place. He's like, so we kind of have, we're like about a show ahead at a time. He's like, but I've already placed my order for tomorrow night. Um, which was in Austin. They were driving all the way from there to fucking Austin, but skip Tulsa. Of um, course. But yeah, it was a, it was really fun. It was a really tight show. Really hammed it up. The, uh, one of the night things, these are some really tight bands. I went so quick, just quickly diving into the minutia here. These are tech death metal bands. And so what that means is these are a lot of guys that really study music, which means they're really, really really talented people very syncopated very on time very much in sync like i posted a video to social media a little while ago it it's almost sounds like the album on my cell phone and that's because live it sounded better than the album damn so all four bands it was a band called voldavania which was from south africa Uh, another band called entheos which is this is gonna mean nothing to except for a handful of people uh, people from the Faceless, some people who have played with animals as leaders. Um, Inferi, and then Archspire. And uh, they all put on a hell of a show. Um, I would say it ranks up there in my top shows right now. Just because, A, super fun, super personal. They were... Uh, <laughs> so Archspire has this thing where all the guys are shaved heads. And no, it's not anything to do with like anything you right. would think. Just um, they were talking about it and it's like yeah so the main guy's like you know you guys notice like i'm graying right now and i'm like getting older he's like these guys had a sit and chat with me one day and said ollie you're going bald he's like so i'd like to see how many people have bald heads here and so he asked everybody <laughs> to pull off their caps and of course like i'm starting to go bald too yeah and he points at me and he's like see this is a sign to you that you should just shave your head yes um which, yes, I totally agree. As a person who ha- barely has any hair on the top of my head, that's better shaved. <laughs> so I 100% agree as a person who aspires to have no hair on his head. <laughs> so enjoy it while you've got it, dude. Fuck. But a lot of the artists, like, even getting that close, like, they would, uh, 
saw people pulling out their phones and would like lean into people's phones to let people take pictures while they're performing and stuff like that. Right. I've got a picture where this guy literally pushed down the this guy that was standing like right in front of me was like seven feet tall. And he took this guy's head, pushed his head down and leaned over the top of him and got right up in my phone <laughs> so I could take a picture. And it was the guy that said, don't suck tonight. Right. Um, which I thought was really great. Um, and then they were really cool after the show. Like a lot of these guys like handed up and talked a little bit, just was asking about Dark Souls because uh, one of the guys was wearing a Dark Souls shirt. Dark Souls. We were talking about Elden Ring a little bit after the show and Hell I was yeah. talking about the podcast and a bunch of other stuff. And maybe at some point we'll have said guy. Um, maybe. If you awesome. look him up on, he's got a lot of pretty large uh, YouTube follow, following. I say large. I think he's got like 75,000 followers on YouTube, but he does little stuff where he practices live and chats with his fans. Then he also does this stuff with his wife where they try to learn songs on the fly that people send them from other bands. Right. Um, it's called like Four Levels of Death Metal. They like learn the songs. They have this whole skit thing that they do along with it. It's pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, if you look up Dean Lamb on YouTube, um, you will find this guy. And he's super nice. Like, Sweet. had to talk with him for about 10 minutes after the show. He's a really nice guy. But uh, yeah, it was really, 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 really fun. Um, I had a blast. I was dripping sweat release. by the time I got out of there. Um, I mean, lost all the weight that I supposedly gained with that crappy barbecue. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a really fun show and, uh, got to talk a little bit about video games with band members, which was really different. Um, so, and I spent that's, that's too much awesome. money and then I hauled ass back home. I went to bed pretty quickly after that and hauled ass back, back to Rusty's place, made it in pretty record time in about yeah. a little over three hours. Yeah. I told you not to fucking speed demon. I didn't even really, I wasn't trying to, I get really impatient behind slow people. I, I, I know. Uh, <clears throat> I don't typically speed. I typically go five over everywhere. And then sometimes on these longer road trips, like 80 just feels comfy. So like, that's just what I drive. Yeah. And I was driving 80 down these like little country, the Google maps <laughs> wanted to route me. So 169 is the main highway that normally goes up that way. Right. There's a huge detour that's like 10 miles. So you got to go down these like country roads that are like up and down hills. And I was probably going 85 down these fucking country roads. Like it felt like I was about to hit a ramp every time I'd hit one of these hills. <laughs> um, it's just so, it's just so, I don't know, impatient right. with the detours. Um, well, you have, you, you have a, uh, you have a history with bad detours, so. What do you mean? <laughs> Going off into the fucking desert and getting lost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did get lost in the desert. <laughs> Google Maps worked the entire way, though. Okay, but still. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, uh, it was really, really fun. Yeah. I'm going to do an, a, another thing. Me and Trent and some friends are going to go down to Dallas here in a couple weeks for a couple days. and just That's just a regular trip. And then after, I think I got Megadeth next week. Yeah, I do. Um, but that's in town. <laughs> you just sitting there thinking, thinking oh, to... yeah, I've got Megadeth. The next, you know. I got Bauhaus in September. High Lung. So, hey, that's video game related. High Lung. High Lung, yep. Uh, did a lot of the music for Hellblade. Uh, we've been going to see them or a three-hour show in Dallas in uh, October. Dude, I, I, I want to. I want to go. But there's, for me, I, I think I've maybe, you know, just gotten to a point where I can't, I just can't do it. 
like can't go to a show anymore. Something about the fucking crowds. I I can't I can't deal with that anymore. Um, but I would love to actually you know you know see high lungs. So I would be interested to see all take, the shit that you get. Yeah, I'm gonna take a lot of pictures. Me and John each each said we're bringing two hundred bucks for merch on our way up there. Fuck yeah, um, because there won't be a. That'll probably be the first and only time we ever get to see them. Right. A high lung show is unique. Well, like, their 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 show is up, unique. Yeah, if you look up uh, YouTube, you can see a fucking uh, see a some, recording of a, of a, an entire show. Them doing like weird chants with like Vikings on stage and stuff like that, dude. It's 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 like it's music and theater all in one. It's great. So, uh, I watched the entire fucking show on. Uh, you know, on YouTube, the one that they, you know, did. That was fucking years ago, wasn't it? I don't yeah. know when it was recorded, but uh, right offhand, but uh, that was, it was, it was unique. And of course, it was right around that same time where I was, you know, exper- you know, going through and listening to a lot of different, you know, um, I don't know, n- you call it Nordic, uh, Nordic music. Uh, right around the same time I was, uh, I was playing, uh, uh, that the fucking what? Uh, Hellblade? No, not Hellblade, but um, uh, the other one though. Oh, that would have been a uh, Tina Grail. Tina Grail, that's correct. Yes, yeah, yeah. Fucking name, man. I don't. I just it just escaped me for some reason. But yeah, um, when I was playing through Tina Grail, I was uh, I was listening to a lot of that because it does have, uh, it has that Nordic. You know, Nordic Gothic, I think, is kind of pretty close to what it. It's 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 weird. It's also got some you it's know like, some synth to it, it's which like is organic, weird. Organic EDM, kind of, yeah. Uh, the descriptors for music these days is so fucking weird. <laughs> like organic EDM, what? <laughs> So yeah, uh, but yeah, it's uh, High Lung definitely of all the shows. Like I, I, I'm familiar with some of the you know of the bands that you you know that you've seen, uh, but High Lung is the one I you know I'm I'm still like fighting myself over whether or not I want to go to it. So, well, if you decide, I got to find me another dog watcher. So. Uh, well, that's in a couple months, so yeah, it's in we'll, October. We'll we'll figure that out when we get to it. Um, but speaking of uh, weird games, Jason, uh, anything new with Death Stranding? Just still trucking. I'm not even halfway acor- across the country yet. Well, I mean, yeah. Are you? Are you? Did you get past the first area or? Oh yeah, yeah. I got them. I finally got the motorcycle charged up, and ah, you got you a know. motorcycle now. I think got, you have to uh, find like a battery or something first, right? Huh? Do you have to like find a battery or something like that first before you could get the motorcycle? I completely forgot. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. have to play that game again because I, I think I've forgotten enough of it that it would be uh, that it would be fun again. Uh. It's been a couple of years. Yeah, it's been a couple of years for me too. Well, yeah, you 
you do have to find the battery first and then you can get it charged up. Um, I've gotten, I don't remember if it's nine or 10 of the links completed, something like that. Um, There's a lot of game there. Like you're going to be playing that for a while. Outside of, outside of those first initial, like training four, <laughs> uh, base links that you have to do. Right. Got an additional nine or 10 of them done. Well, uh, I mean, there's there's a couple different places in you know, you know, in that game that uh, that you'll run across. Of course, if you get to the first place with roads, um, then that's when the game uh, game kind of opens up, and then there's uh, then there's a place with zip lines. Uh, and if you, uh, if you're working with roads and zip lines, then, uh, then, then you're in the meat of the game, I would say. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. The, um, uh, that, that entire place, there's, so, there's some hidden shit in there too. Like some, some of the places that you wouldn't normally go, you probably should, you know, look around in some of those places. That's the thing is I keep getting sidetracked. Yeah, well, I mean that's kind of the, that's the name of the game, dude. Because uh, as soon as you uh, as soon as you look for some of the hidden, you know, some places that are hidden away, some of them are like really fucking hidden away. Uh, you will find new places to make deliveries to, and uh, and they will include unique challenges as uh, as to how you're going to get some of the stuff that they want to them because they're in such a uh inhospitable location uh so it's it it's pretty fun um you know everything that i remember from uh from death stranding is you know is kind of like the delivery portion of that is the puzzle like how are you going to like layer this shit on your back and get it from point A to point B. And sometimes they're like, we want like 300 pounds of this thing. I can only carry so much, man. <laughs> yeah, and then you'll get bigger vehicles yeah. too. Right. So, you know, there was <laughs> it was one point where, I, where I'm trudging up a freaking like mountain with... Like three thousand, you know, three hundred fucking pounds worth of shit, and I'm like moving at a snail's pace, and I could, you know, trip over like the smallest fucking rock and have to pick everything up again. Um, yeah. Oh, thunder! I saw thunder yeah, and lightning. And you have to, you have to uh, balance uh, how much equipment you're carrying to make traversal easier versus how much. How much actual cargo loads you're carrying? Right. Do I have? It's kind of tricky sometimes. Do I have enough space to carry a ladder with me? Do I have? You know, is there? You know, do I have enough space for one of those little fucking ropes? Um, yeah, dude. It's that game can get pretty deep, and I got lost in that area that you're in right now for hours and hours, just doing shit. Um you know, going from point A to point B and fucking like, you know, and, and doing shit. Um, there was a point where I, I just said, okay, 
I think maybe like 30 or 40 fucking hours into, you know, into that one area, just fucking around. I'm like, okay, I need to like progress the story a little bit more. <laughs> so, uh, you've got plenty of game there, dude. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely worth, oh, yeah. uh, it's definitely worth playing. If you haven't played it and you can, and you just, uh, and you keep, bouncing off the idea that it's like oh it's a walking simulator that was that is the worst descriptor that i can think of it is more of like a hiking puzzle game um to me or you know you know if fedex had to deliver everything on foot um it's a logistics game that's that's what it boiled down to for me is you know doing logistics uh and that was yep. Um, uh, and that's kind of one of the bigger, uh, bigger draws because that, that hits a lot of the same ideas and this, you know, uh, gameplay mechanics that I like from other games. So that, that definitely, uh, uh, as soon as I realized that about the game, that's when it clicked. So I'm glad you're having fun with it. Did you get, uh, did you end up getting the director's cut? No. Yeah, it's nah. I'm just sticking with the regular. It didn't seem like there was a whole bunch more added to the uh, to the you know with the ten dollar add on. But next time I play it, I'm definitely going to get it. I'm going to get the you know the uh, the ten dollar add on because might as well. Um, does it still have monsters or is it the uh, is it the beer uh, in the uh, thing? Because the beer. monster. It, it does have monster. Okay. Yeah. Oh, monster energy drink. Yeah, yeah, the monster energy drink is, uh, you know, is the, you know, the the cans of shit that he pounds basically every time he goes to sleep. Right. Yeah. Um, that's where our title pounding monsters came. <laughs> right. Right. But, um, for for a while there, there was uh, there was a. I, I remember from my playthrough, there was uh, the monsters was replaced with a kind of beer, and that was uh, you know that might be a little bit later on. I thought for you know for some reason at that point I thought that like you know Monster Energy the company was like oh no we don't want this uh, you know we don't want our name tied to the you know to the game so that it removed the monster label and put it you know put a beer can in there instead. Um, so if it still says monster then that uh, i guess the advertisement stays <laughs> but uh yeah i was wondering about that it's been a while <laughs> yeah i i know it's at least been a, about two years since i've played it last so well i know we we're coming up on like the dry season uh it, while it's fucking you know pouring rain outside, we're we're coming up on the dry season of video games. Um, you know, this is where you know where shit just kind of like coasts for a few months until it gets to like what August September uh, yep. uh, when it starts to pick back up again. So it's going to be a little bit dry for uh, you know f for new releases. Uh, I haven't really even seen anything you know, concrete in the next few months that I'm super fucking interested in. Um, so it's, it's been backlog time, you know, this is, you know, times where you go back and, you know, you play some of the games that you either really liked, 
or you just um, uh, or you know games that take up a lot of time, like Final Fantasy, um, uh, you know, or games that you picked up intending to play in your Steam uh, Steam library and just never fucking got to it. <laughs> Because Steam sales happen, and you just buy a bunch of fucking games when that happens, right? Uh, for me, it's been fucking uh, Dyson Sphere. Sphere program. Yeah, Dyson Sphere program is. I uh, uh, I I picked it up when it first fucking released. You know, about a year ago, um, like at the beginning of last year, uh, and. Uh, of course, being an early access game, I was you know it, it had some it had some issues. There was some uh, some quality of life stuff that needed to happen with it. And uh, while I got through the game, it was it was kind of like a slog because you had to do you had to build literally everything by hand, uh, and that got really fucking tedious. Uh, but I I looked recently they uh, they had done some uh, some updates to the game that added some quality of life features, uh, mainly uh, quality of life features that they you know that they kind of copied a little bit from Factorio um, and improved upon based off of uh, uh, you know the gamers' feedback. Uh, so there's whole new machines that were added to the game based off of, you know, feedback from players like the advanced mining machine, which is just like, instead of having to manually hook up belts to, uh, you know, to these mining machines and then run it to a tower for, you know, putting it on the logistics network, you can actually just drop a machine, you know, that covers most of, uh, of a mineral patch and it, automatically adds it to the you know the logistics network so it makes setting up you know mining bases and you know and uh, expanding your uh, your raw materials way way faster of course it's an uh, it's a late game feature but still the fact that they added that in based off of user feedback was you know you know is a sign that they're still you know they're listening to you know their players um, things yeah. like blueprinting, um, where you could make a design, like design a portion of the factory that does a specific thing. And then you could like copy that and save that blueprint so that you can just like rubber stamp that same, you know, same setup down, uh, you know, in multiple, you know, multiple locations so that you don't have to manually do all of the connections on every single thing you build. Uh, makes expanding the game, you know, expanding your production in the game, uh, you know, just exponentially easier. Because once you find something that works, you can actually just, you know, copy that shit and then fucking rubber stamp. Boom, 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 boom. Now, you know, now you have 10 little modules of your facility that's, you know, that you only spent, you know, one-tenth of the time actually building, which is really great. Um, and it's allowed me to do some really stupid shit. Um, so I've technically beat the game, um, about a hundred hours into this playthrough, like 113 hours into this playthrough. Oh, you've been playing that nonstop for like the last two or three weeks, huh? My, um, 
my secret is 113 hours of that play, you know, of the playthrough. I'm probably, you know, played about half of that because most of, you know, most of what you can do in this game is just let the uh, factory run in the background. That's what I was saying earlier uh, that I had a game that I could just kind of let, let, you know, let go and do other things. So there were some uh, sometimes where I left the fucking game on overnight uh, just so that it would continue to build something, you know, build the Dyson Sphere, which takes a fuckload of hours to do and doesn't really require a whole lot of manual input. Once you set it to go, it's just going to let your factory run, um, which there is something to be said about, like, looking at something that you built and just watching it run. Um, that is, it's oddly satisfying. Um, so yeah, a lot of those hours were idle time watching something, you know, or sleeping while it was building the, uh, uh, building the Dyson sphere. And I've built one Dyson sphere. Uh, and then I decided, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go do something stupid. I'm going to go find the biggest fucking brightest goddamn star. And then I'm going to build the biggest fucking, you know, most complex fucking Dyson sphere around it. And it's going to take literally all the fucking resources in the galaxy to do it. But I'm going to make it happen. And that's what I'm doing right now is, you know, I, I set myself up a fucking goal. I set up a, 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 a basically a moon that does nothing but shoot rockets and fucking uh, solar sails at a star. I've paved the entire fucking thing over and it, and it looks like a goddamn death star shooting at the sun. It's great. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, just to keep that planet running, I have been, uh, I have added maybe 20 hours worth of work, uh, you know, expanding the factory just to be able to support that moon. Uh, that is no moon. <laughs> That is a Death Star. That's a um, space station. It is. That's no moon. That is no moon. Uh, I, I wish I could show you guys some of this. You know, some of the shit that you know that that looks like. It's it's phenomenal looking once it's running, uh, because it's it's literally a whole fucking planet shooting laser beams and rockets at a sun. It's amazing. Um, but it takes a lot of fucking work and a lot of resources and I'm putting out fires, like finding little points in the uh, logistics network that need shoring up and shit, uh, that, that kind of, you know, that kind of game gets to me. That's the, you know, that's the, uh, the logistics thing that I was, I was talking about the, that, you know, you know, games like Factorio, Satisfactory, you know, Dyson Sphere Program, all of those, uh, those games scratch a very similar itch. Uh, and that is how, you know, find, you know, setting yourself a goal and then finding out what you need to do to achieve that goal and do it in the most, you know, um, efficient way possible. Uh, and that is, uh, that's what I find fun in some games. And that is, that is definitely one flavor of game. Of course, uh, I, I tend to spend a lot of time flip flopping between flavors of games, but that is my flavor right now. <laughs> so I, I put a lot of fucking time into Dyson sphere program a little bit more. Um, I'm probably going to stretch this one out for a little bit, uh, because 
there's not much else on my plate. Uh, I mean, Final Fantasy, you know, came out with that update a couple weeks ago, and that's kind of gotten me, you know, interested. But I, uh, I've been resisting the urge to go do more Final Fantasy fourteen right away uh, because I don't. A, you don't need to necessarily do everything right, at, you know, right at launch, and B, um, I don't want to get into it before uh, having to take, uh, you know, a ten or eleven day break from it anyway. So, yeah, I'm going up to visit family, uh, you know, up in Michigan. So that's going to be a uh, uh, a period of time where I am not going to be gaming. <laughs> wow. Perfect time for it. And speaking of the dry season, just to show how dry it is, I mean, the the only releases of note in the next month are Warhammer 40K Chaos Gate Demon Hunters on May 5th. And uh, Salt and Sacrifice comes out on May 10th, uh, both on PC. Um Everything else is kind of either early access or uh, ports of uh, older titles to either PC or the newest generation of consoles. Yeah, the um, uh, the, the I'm not sure about Chaos Gate. Uh, you know, to be honest, um, though, of course. <laughs> I go into my phone to type on Chaos Gate, right? And it <laughs> it autocorrected to Chode Gate. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Uh, um, the only 40k game that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, to you know, to be honest, is uh, is Dark Tide, and that's supposed to happen, you know, later on this year. Um, but yeah, the uh, you know, the games are just super duper fucking light right now, and uh, most of what you see in the summertime is uh, you know, is indie releases, and of course there was uh, you know, speaking of indie releases, there was uh, um, uh, Rogue Legacy is supposed to be you know, finally coming out. Yeah. It comes out this week, right? I think so. I uh, yeah, rug legacy too. Yeah. I played an indie release on game pass and I'm actually almost all the way through it. Oh yeah. I've been playing weird West. Um, I was really into bloodborne. Um, but I wanted to play a newer release for the show. That's a devolver game, isn't it? Yeah. It's devolver produced. It was some of the developers from dishonored that made it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, weird West, it's kind of a throwback to Fallout 1 and 2 as a twin-stick shooter. I know that sounds horrible, but I say that in that it's a it's a fairly open-ended game when it comes to your choices and the things that you can do. Um, there are multiple ways to solve different issues, uh, multiple different paths you can choose. Um, there are multiple characters you can play and multiple party members. So basically, you without ruining the story so much, you're reincarnated into different bodies um plays a very supernatural vibe right okay um so 
you start off as one character that's got a whole story behind her, and then that has a certain big bad that you're kind of working on to get your your husband back. And that's a whole section, right? And right. then it moves on to the next person that has a whole story behind them that deals with some weird supernatural shit. And it continues to be all this weird supernatural stuff. There's also, like, these weird in-game events where, like, the first little bit that I was playing it for a few days, there was a undead event that was going on. And so people were rising from the dead after I killed them into zombies. Oh, nice. Um, and then sometimes wraiths would swing by and also raise the people that I just killed back from the dead, which was really weird. Um, there's... It's an interesting concept of a game. It like it plays it plays best with a controller. I'm going to say that after playing it on both keyboard and mouse and controller, um, it's got a pretty forgiving uh, aim with the uh, with the controller. Okay, like you're not doing headshots. You just need to point your cursor in the direction of something, and then you're within like if you're you're pretty close. It'll kind of it doesn't quite lock on them, but like it gives you a little bit of variance before it switches off the target essentially right you've got a uh, it's got kind of like a, a laser pointer line from your gun out and you can you can see whether or not you're going to hit somebody because it turns red well it it puts little crosshairs on them when you're going to line up the shot gotcha okay but it wants to be kind of like gears of war and that it wants you to hide behind cover a lot well, and then it wants you to use your powers your characters all have different powers of a sort right like i had a guy that oozed acid um, I had a guy that had fire elemental stuff that going on. It has a lot of vibes from like Divinity Original Sin where different elemental attacks mix together. Okay. So you could see an oil barrel and then you've got a button to kick. You can kick that out and then they'll, it's very physics based. So you'll see a huge pull of oil kind of like drip behind it in a big wash mm. and then it'll land. And if it hits something, it might bust. And that drops a huge pool of oil there, which will give them a slow effect. Then you can light it on fire by throwing an exploding barrel over there. Or you could take your arrow and move it in front of a torch or a candle or any number of different things. And that would cause it to light on fire. You can also take that same arrow and um, you could move it in front of a poison source. So there are poison sources, right? The poison sources also light on fire. Um, they explode. Oh, nice. Um, you've got Molotov cocktails that you can throw. You've got um, dynamite. Like all, There's two different types of dynamite. There's uh, stun grenades of a sort that you can use, basically like flashbangs. Right. And these electrical grenades that kind of function like a stun for you to stun a big group. and Because the dynamite has a fuse, so it takes a second to go off, and enemies notice it, so they'll start diving out of the way. But it is really handy to set stuff on fire or chunk things really fast if you can catch something in the blast. Um, there is some drawbacks to the game in that the choices are kind of binary and the story is pretty binary as in that you basically go find treasure or kill things or talk to people to solve problems. It's not incredibly deep there, so it's not that dynamic there. The combat system is pretty interesting though. Um, you have persistence between characters only in your permanent unlocks. So you find these golden cards, and these golden cards are what you use to level up abilities like extra health, fast re reload, better slow down, slow down time when you're matrix diving and shooting your gun, which is totally a thing that you can do, uh, better lock picking, etc. Right? 
And then your characters get these things called nymph relics, which you find in the world, which means you got to check a lot of containers or open lots of doors um, or do quests that give them to you. And you use those, like one will be like the base level of an ability, two will be the higher level of an ability. And so like every character has the same pistol, rifle, shotgun, and bow and arrow and melee skills lined out that you unlock with nymph relics. And then they have four unique skills that are unique to that character. So maybe it makes you transform into a certain type of creature, or maybe you throw tornadoes, which is a, which will also the tornado is actually a great skill because they'll pick up exploding barrels and poison barrels and everything in between, and then just turn it into a wall of death that just spins. Damn. Um, so that's really cool. Um, but yeah, the uh, that side of it feels very divinity. It's not quite as fleshed out as divinity, as in that there's not enough spells or things that you can do to mix elements. It's a lot of it just kind of goes around fire. Um, but like current character I have right now has a reflect spell so I can reflect buckshot back at people, which is pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say what character type it is cause it actually kind of spoils the story cause I didn't realize that this was going to be a playable character. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Um, the big gripe I have is the inventory system in that you have to search through all the things to get things, right, to find the nymph relics. Um, you end up having loads and loads and loads of weapons that you don't need, so you scrap them for ammo. Um, and then the way that you level up your weapons is by um, getting copper, silver, or gold, and that gets it to green level, blue level, and purple level. The legendary stuff you either find or you buy at shops. Um so there's a lot of like picking up a lot of trash because you're really broke at the beginning of each. I call it a run because it's kind of like a run. Your character is going to need a bunch of a little bit of money to buy your horse. Your horse has a persistent inventory between characters. So like I'm just about to buy a horse with the character that you walked in on when I was playing when you got here mm-hmm. to um, pick up a bunch of ore bars that I no longer need to essentially sell to the bank to make some quick cash so that I can buy a bunch of ammo. Um, and then I'm looking at a shotgun that costs $1,000. So I'm going to sell a bunch of ore to make the money I need for the shotgun that costs $1,000 that does more damage from what I got. Um, the weapons aren't unique in that they don't have like status effects on them. It's just they're more powerful. It's just straight damage. Right. Uh, all the special stuff you have comes from your special abilities, essentially. Like I've got a shotgun that can shoot exploding shells is one of the deals uses two shots or like I've got a spell a ability that lets me shoot my shotgun without reloading, which is great for the double barrel because it only has two shots before you reload. Right. So, um, you have a lot of random encounters as you travel across the map. The map looks really good. They've got a really good looking map. Um, the other little gripe that I have is that items can seem kind of small on your screen. I've got a really big 55-inch TV, so I zoom it in a lot when I'm going around searching things. Yes. But it's not much different than Divinity in that regard, to be honest with you. It it really isn't, because Divinity kind of, like, you know, kind of hides items throughout the map. Um, But I found it was a a little bit uh, difficult. I played about maybe an hour and a half, two hours maybe of this game. Um, and I mean, I didn't even get much farther than going into the first town. Um, so maybe not even that. Um, but, 
the um what I noticed is like the the little shit that yeah that you can find in you know in there is super fucking little like bandages like the the um the little icon for the bandages is like maybe a pixel and a half tall on my fucking uh, curve monitor it's tiny yeah i'm not i'm not on a very small monitor so it doesn't it's not as apparent to me but i do play about six feet away um because usually me and lola sit on the couch together or i'll sit in a chair right in front of her right um and then play on the big tv but i mean i could definitely see that if i was playing it on monitor yeah, it was. It, it's just you have to zoom in really close to your fucking character to see, uh, you know, to see some of the smaller items that either are in the game world or dropped and stuff like that. And the, you know, the the areas that I was going through weren't entirely small, like you know, foil well, on fucking towns and in every. It'd be nice to have like an actual mini map that you could open up in the town to see where different things are. Because it doesn't do that. You have a little bitty mini-map at the top of your screen that zooms in when you zoom in on your character or zooms out when you zoom out. And it's basically everything your character can see on screen. Right. Um, it does something that's kind of unique to it with, between different characters. There are different stats that are tracking in the background. Like, you saved this town from death, or you were obliterated all these people and just murdered a whole town, or says how many people that you kill, <coughs> killed. This is... Uh, the different choices that you made in the story plot that will carry over. And it does that between runs. You you basically know, it, it lets you know when you're about to hit a spot where you're kind of hitting no return. Like, it's kind of obvious. This is the final part of the story for this character that you're about to hit. So that's when I store a few things on my horse that I want to carry between runs. Don't necessarily drop my weapons, although I could, because they'll stay on the character, the character's entire inventory including nymph relics or cards they have for permanent unlocks, stay on that character. So if you recruit them as a follower, you will get that those items. They don't go to a central hub world. It just shows an icon on the map um, where you have followers at. It tells you the name of the follower that's there, and it can be followers from your previous run or that character you played. Oh, wow. And so like I have some orange weapons on a follower I can go pick that person up and take those weapons with me if I need to. Although the character I'm on now magically started off with some purple weapons. They're pretty pretty dope, so I don't want to go all that way. <laughs> right. So, you know. I don't know. So far, I'm literally, I'm probably a few hours away from beating the game. I, I may just go ahead and finish it out just because I'm so close. Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed it so far. It's got a pretty decent story. It's definitely weird. I like the weird supernatural vibe you got going on there. Werewolves, witches, wraiths, ghosts. Um, some pretty cool puzzle solving that doesn't hold your hand. Like in one point, like it was waiting for a town to appear and I had to read the riddle a few times to figure it out. And then all of a sudden something on the map clicked with me. And I was like, this is what it's talking about. I needed to look at the mini map to see the formation it was talking about. Right. And then I hit the wait button or loiter that it has you do, and then magically the town appeared. Um, yeah, it's a weird supernatural vibe. There's lots of creatures and baddies and ghosts. and It's the Wild West if the occult was a thing. Oh, uh, oh yeah. So there's the... uh, lots of occult members and lots of possession. There's all this weird Wendigo lore that's in there, too, which is pretty cool. Um Lots of, some of the stuff, there's one that said it was based on, like, 
a retelling or an adaptation adaptation of a uh, retelling of some Native American lore. Um, okay. And it kind of referenced like its sources essentially like these two stories are where our source material came from, blah, blah, blah. Right before it jumped into a certain character's story. So I was like, that's pretty neat. It's, it's interesting. It's yeah. definitely worth game pass. I don't, it might be worth 40 bucks. I don't know. I think you could get, if you do what I do and like, it's not really grinding, but like I want cash to buy certain things. So I'll go do bounties, which also raise my reputation, which actually helps quite a bit. Um, and then I'll do side missions as I pop up. Like, it doesn't have a quest marker on the screen that says, oh, this place is a side mission. It's just you'll run in and you'll see a blue icon on your screen. You go to the blue icon and talk to the person and find out, like, trying to figure out a whole town possession thing right now, which is what I was doing when you got here. Gotcha. There's apparently some kind of spirit that is causing some issues for the bank. They can't sell a house because it's haunted. I just exercised a spirit from somebody and I need to figure out what I need to do next. And it does not have a quest log that details out all these little steps. It's me paying attention to the text that says, oh, the banker said this, go talk to the banker. Oh, this person said this, go talk. And then I went and talked to him. But there's not a log that shows all that stuff. I, I like games that don't hand, hold your hand too much. Right. Um, which is the whole reason I haven't played a lot of Horizon lately. Which I, <laughs> I do own that game and will play it, but I just... I need to be in a space where I need to, my brain needs to be completely dead and I don't want to, I, I need to be in a mood to listen to a story full on and not sit there and listen to podcasts while I play something. Honestly, I think Horizon, the whole fucking thing with Horizon would have been better as a movie. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I've, I, I don't say that very often because um, the, you know, the game experience tends to, you know, to give you, um, you know, a much more intimate feel to, you know, to the story. You can see a lot more exposition uh, and you can discover things for yourself. Um, but, you know, Forbidden West is, um, uh, uh, Horizon Forbidden West is just, it it would have been better as a movie. And, yeah, uh, that is, and somebody needs to rewrite the end of it. <laughs> um but that's just me. Um, I'll play it eventually. I just... You told me this. This was not the game to play after Elden Ring. It is not. It because is definitely so not the different. game to play. Definitely not a game to play after Elden Ring because Elden Ring holds no hands and uh, basically is like, you know, here's the world. Go fuck off now. Um <laughs> uh, Yeah, and it's nothing... I like the original Horizon game. I just... I didn't realize how handholdy it was, and that was annoying me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just want to pause so I can poop. There's so much exposition going on right now. I just need you to shut up for a minute and let me go do things and play the goddamn game. That's what I want to do. I want to play the damn game. I, 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 I treat give, me like a gamer right now. I, I give it, I give it some props. It does have a lot of world building to it, like. Could be that I'm just still early in the game, and it's got to give me the big setup. And once I get past this point, I'll be able to fuck off and play the fucking game. There uh, is, there which is a point. I don't. There. I do like the gameplay. I right. do like, like the actual gameplay. I like that. Yeah, because it's kind of it's 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 kind of like um, I look at it kind of like a, a an odd monster hunter style game because you know you're aiming for specific parts on monsters, right? So. And, yeah. and you're doing you're doing specific things, and the dodge roll is decent. It's not great, but it's decent. Um, 
but yeah, um, the uh, the the way that that game uh, tells its story, there's a lot of it, a lot of fucking story, um, and it t- and it, it basically shoves it down your throat. So if you're not ready for that, you know it's it's gonna it's gonna be off putting. Um, I found the story interesting, but you know it's that's a thing. Well, I think we ought to take a break before we jump into news. Are you good with that? Uh, yeah, I would love to save the recording before the power goes out. All right, we'll be back, guys. Yep. Got a got some uh, well needed relief. Um, yes, Rusty almost got mole mouthed. Uh, she she got real close. Basically, uh, I was telling them that uh, she caught a mole today, and I had a hell of a time getting rid of the mole that she had in her mouth. And I told Rusty, "Is like, don't be giving Lola no kisses. She got a mole in her mouth today." Well, I mean, she uh. She has been very severely limited on her lickings. Yeah, well, she 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 kept trying. She tr- she likes to try to, you know, swap tonsils with me. She's she, she is a little tonsil tickler. She she uh, she gets right up in my face and she will not stop. Um, and sometimes she will just steal those kisses. Uh, but yeah, um, that I'm not having it today. Um. It's all about Lola head control. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't write that down. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> um, we have a whiteboard now. <laughs> so, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about some news that got released. Um, me and Jason made the executive decision while you were out of the room to... Uh, cover the majority of pack stuff next week as it still in session till tomorrow night yeah I, and, I just noticed it was a pax weekend and um generally i i fairly you know excited about packs because you see a lot more you know uh you know game news releases and um mainly more like you know stuff from the indie titles right Something that's going to fill this void for the you know over the next couple of weeks to you know maybe the next summer void right, but um, well I was going to kind of lead off with some stuff that was bigger news. Um, so Baldur's Gate three is confirmed for release in twenty twenty three. The original release date was twenty twenty one. I guess Larian wants to get it right. I'm okay with them just continuing to hone that game down. Yeah, I've I've played the intro. I Steam shared it with. TJ just to get the flavor of what it was, and it's like I'm not ready to spend sixty dollars on this yet. Right. Um, some cool ideas, but I'm obviously okay with waiting. Um, one of the really big things, though, um, that did come out that was prior to PAX is that PlayStation might be gearing up to acquire from software. I mean, Sony. So- yeah, Sony. Yeah, Sony's. You know, Sony's been. It started off earlier this week with uh, with hints that Sony was looking to acquire another company, you know, another production studio. Um, and when I was watching this throughout the week, 
there was some hints that it might have been uh, might have been Kojima Productions, um, and uh, I forget where I saw early, you know uh, saw this, but uh, and, and so forgive me on that. But there was uh, there was somebody that said no, it's bigger than Kojima. Uh, so uh, that. That kind of, you know, that kind of got me thinking. Like, I had said before, when, you know, From Software's uh, success with Elden Ring was going to put them on the map. They're no longer a, a niche game company. They're now mainstream. Um, there's, you know, they're going to get looked at. Uh It's very possible that they end up, you know, p- getting picked up by Sony. Now... Is that a, a good fit? I, well, I mean, they had, they've had exclusives on there before. I mean, they've been Kingsfield. I think was exclusively Sony, which is their first real game that was kind of in a Souls type series. Mm-hmm. Demon Souls and Bloodborne. It's only been Dark Souls um, and Elden Ring that have been, and Sekiro that have been outside of that realm. So. Basically, a third of their games have been exclusive, so it doesn't surprise me. I just hope that if they do that, they still release PC releases roughly at the same time. But I just, there hasn't been any track record of Sony doing that, which means that you wait a a year for the release to come out, or maybe two. They're getting better about it, but they're not quite there yet. They still want to sell their PS5s, even though, you know, they're still hard to find. Um, Yeah, so... That brings me to something else, though. Yeah. So, although consoles are scarce, um, Newegg and GameStop, of all places, and Best Buy have been releasing RTX graphics cards at a little bit above MSRP. Yeah, I noticed that. The, the stock is starting to come back. I noticed that, and you know, and those goddamn scalpers—they're—they're they're having to like, you know. You know, eat money on it. Yeah, they're totally going to eat money on it because right now they're in a spot where they're only selling for about a hundred dollars over MSRP. And I can so. tell you right now, from you know, from personal experience, that is not you know that does not cover the cost <laughs> of putting it up on the fucking mar- marketplace. Nope. Uh, so that just <laughs> means that things are starting to normalize a little bit with uh, GPU shortages. Um, well, silicon shortages, honestly. And uh, supply chain. So hopefully, if you're looking to build a PC and finally get your hands on an RTX card, I think the time is coming pretty close. You want to know something's really funny about that? What? This year, in September, October, the 4000 series is supposed to be dropping. Yeah, I could care less at this point. But that's, I mean, that's the thing. We're just now getting stock of the 3000 series cards right before the 4000 series cards come out. I think um, I'm good for a couple years. And I think I am in the same boat. Like, there isn't much that really pushes my, uh, uh, you know, my 3090, and it's overkill for what I've got. There's right? literally nothing right now that pushes my 3080. Like, everything I play, crank it up, okay. Yeah. You know, and and, and that's fine. The 4000 series cards are going to be even more powerful than that, but I'm going to actually wait and see what the uh the the tech reviewers and i watch a lot of them on youtube um the tech reviewers they go through and 
you know, quantify certain numbers, not just the market speak, but the, you know, you know, the, the actual, you know, real world performance of these things. Uh, and I'll make my decision then, but then again, I mean, when it's you a, spend 2024 is about when I'm looking for the graphics card upgrade. Yeah. When you spend $1,500 on a fucking video card, you <laughs> last in five years, <laughs> you want it to last for a while. Um, the, you know, the rated MSRP for the 4,000 series cards is actually going to be higher, uh, than the 3,000 series cards was, which will uh, put it right in the ballpark range of what people are used to paying for the past two years from scalped cards. Um, I think it's crazy to spend, even as I was kicking myself a little bit when I spent $900 on that bundle to get my 3080. Dude, like, believe I, me. And you spent 1500 bucks to get that 3090. Like, believe both me. Both me and you are in the same boat of like, yeah. That is double, if not triple, the price I've spent on a card in a long time. The most I'd ever spent on a card prior to the 3090 was like 400 bucks. 400 bucks. That's <laughs> That was the magic price point. The price of a console is what I would spend on a card. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Right now, it's it's really the the industry wide. I mean, you can get uh, Radeon sixty seven hundred cards for for less than six hundred dollars, and that's that's way down. I'm so I mean, never gonna game on a Radeon. I'm not a red versus green guy when it comes to cards. Typically, it's just that Nvidia has always done better. I'm never going to game on usually radio. much better driver support. That's true. Yeah. Uh, just, now, if it comes for CPUs, I'm AMD all the way right now. Like uh, I, I can agree with that. They're, um, they're, they're priced a lot more appropriately, and they're easily overclockable. Like I'm getting a way more than my money's worth. I spent 160 dollars on that Ryzen five, and that thing is fucking just chugging along. Yeah. Um. I'm not super happy with the one you know, with the Intel that I've got, um, but it's. I mean, it, it came at the right price, right? Because uh, I picked it up from basically, you know, a um, you know, a like hundred bucks. It was a it was a hundred and fifty bucks for what so you, at you, the time it was a four hundred dollar processor. So you spent slightly less than I spent on my Ryzen five, which that's a good price for a CPU. Like yeah. two hundred ish is about what I want to spend on a CPU. I mean, it's it's not a bad CPU. Don't get me wrong, but um, you have an i nine, right? Yeah, it, it's nine hundred K. Yeah, i i nine ninety nine hundred K, um, which is or KF. It doesn't have integrated graphics. Um, that's really the only thing. I mean, it's still a solid processor, um, but you know, there's. There's newer processors with you know with you know flashier features available. Well, when so. I got mine, and I'm not going to try to go too far off on a tangent, but when I got that Ryzen five, it had been rated the best, like the best value CPU, and I agree at that you. time because easily overclockable. At that time, I was going for like two sixty, and I happened to find some kind of like Black Friday sale when I got it and got it for one sixty. I was like, Oh yeah, Fuck fucking yeah. sold. I was I got that in twenty eighteen and I'd still been I was still on an I seven I got in twenty twelve. A fucking Sandy Lake beast that was uh four cores and four virtual cores that were like with very low cash, but it was at four point nine gigahertz. Hey. 
on a fucking blower. It right. sounded like a jet engine because I was overclocking the fuck out of it, and we found out even the thermal paste was about gone. Dude, it wouldn't. It didn't have. It didn't have contact at all. <laughs> so, one whole fucking corner of it was just sitting there, you know, open to air. Uh, <laughs> hey, that thing was a beast. But that being said, I think the PC gaming's finally coming back and making a comeback with these prices coming down. I think if you wait a few more months, you could get closer to MSRP on one of these cards, which is about what you want to pay. And I think in most cases, a 3060 and 3070 is plenty for what most people want to do. Dude, and if you, you want to go primo, 3080, 3090, like me and Rusty are fools. And we have decent adult jobs. Yeah. I, I Admittedly, it was a no-thought click when I, when I purchased mine. We so were, You'd been looking for two months and trying for two months. I'd been trying for a month. So, right. Like, it was just like, whatever money, give me thing. Right. And I didn't... Uh, and honestly, I really didn't need to. I mean, Jason's uh, gaming... You know, Jason's gaming on my old fucking, you know, graphics card. And it's still holding up just fine, isn't it? Oh yeah, that that twenty eighty sings. Yeah, see, so I was on a I was on a ten seventy and running out of headroom is what the deal was. I mean, the only thing the twenty eighty uh, can kind of run into on uh, on some games, like I'm sure Dying Light would uh, push the RAM capacity just because yeah, it's got less RAM than a thirty eighty. But yeah, I had. A little bit of issue with Dying Light, but I think that had more to do with the game than it did the graphics card. Yeah. Um, and you can still turn some of the settings down. Like, some of the extra settings in games uh, these days put extra pressure on the graphics card that doesn't necessarily need to be there. But Dying Light looks way better with ray tracing, I'll tell you that much. It does. It does. Um, it's just, you know, there's there's some extra shit that's, you know, that you can turn down. Uh, and you still get a good gaming experience out of it. I mean, you're you're not like going back to fucking eight bit days, you know. <laughs> so yeah. Well, and I mean, if I had a if I had a 4K display running, mm-hmm. you know, that actually had a had a hundred twenty hertz refresh rate, Doom Eternal would still run 4K hundred twenty hertz on this twenty eighty. Yeah, and it did yeah, for I'm, me when I played it. it. But you know what the funny thing is, and and this kind of rolls into what I wanted to talk about next is there is a, a, another uh, another thing that is going to be happening here soon. I I anticipate uh, the everything old will be new again situation. Um, the uh, the the gaming displays that you're uh, that you're seeing these days are all they're fucking you know. You know, OLED fucking 4K, you know, high, you know, high resolutions and high, you know, high refresh rates and all that. Right. Uh, but now, the pe- vast majority of gaming panels are still IPS panels. And and the vast majority of them are 1080p. Um, most, you know, most you know, like professional gamers or even streamers are, you know, are still running 1080p monitors. Uh, and that is just because 4K takes a lot more overhead to run. But the, um, you know, to get into the story, there is people who are, you know, that are hooking up their old fucking CRT monitors that they had from fucking, you know, the early 2000s. Uh, you know, that they had fucking stashed in their closet and just fucking taken up space. 
and they're playing games like fucking control. I was, uh, you know, it was, uh, there, uh, what was the YouTuber that was doing that? Um, uh, the digital foundry digital foundry yeah and digital foundry is you know they, they do a lot of like um frame rate testing and shit like that they you know they have uh uh you know they run games in different settings and you know and shit like that to you know test frame rates and they just hooked up their old fucking like um you know viewsonics or fucking uh i think it's the sony trinitron sony trinitrons yeah uh and they you know they were running fucking games on it and man it, they were saying it's probably the smoothest, crispest picture I've ever seen, uh, and of course, the that's tech, the technology itself is cleaner. Right, right. Well, you know the way that you know CRTs display an image. Uh, it's a, a lot of us older people are used to that from like you know back in the day. Fucking scan lines were a thing, right? Um, and LCDs were just something new. The LCDs struggled to do what CRTs can do, you know, you know, in, in the way of providing a smooth, crisp image with, you know, with good contrasts. Um, so, you know, I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, with Digital Foundry saying something like this, it's only a matter of fucking time before we see something CRT or maybe CRT like hitting like a boutique style market like a little niche market i went for looking gaming. for a like an interlaced panel well not necessarily like an interlaced panel I, i'm sure that they're I, going to have you know have some space issues I'll, I'll expand on what rusty's saying so they did when they were doing this story they were saying that control on a low a sub 1080p resolution on a crt looked crisper than control on a 4k display right because of the contrast and the sharpness that it could display and i went looking for the exact level or exact sony monitor they were using things running 1300 dollars on ebay right now yeah uh, there's because... already a boutique market for it because they're they're rare because there's not that many of them working anymore and there's not a lot of and they weigh like fucking 400 pounds. Um, used to have one. <laughs> yeah. And even these old CRT TVs, they have a really high, the old, well, especially the CRT monitors, mm -hmm. had an incredibly high refresh rate. So like over 200 hertz. Yeah. So you can run something at a very high refresh rate at very low display resolution and crank shit all the way up. And it doesn't eat that much bandwidth because you're essentially running sub 720, but because the pix it's not pixels, right? the density of the image is just so much more dense on that, that it just looks cleaner at that refresh rate right. than it does even at a higher resolution. Right. It's, it's kind of the same like reason why CRTs you know, hide pixels really well too, because scan lines. Right. Exactly. But the, um, you know, it's, it's the same reason why, uh, you know, 720p looks great on your phone. Or um, the same reason that when you're looking at like resident evil, the original, like resident evil two, mm -hmm. The way that you remember it versus you playing a remake, right? Even looks, with the remake, it looks kind of crap. Like it's got aliasing all over the place, and you can notice it, but you don't necessarily see well, aliasing in a CRT because it's not hard lines, right? Exactly. They're all soft lines, and you know, and just the extra overhead that you get from uh, from running, you know, a modern game at you know at lower resolutions on a 
you know, on a display like that allows you to turn on extra features that you might not have been able to turn on, like the extra ray tracing bits and stuff like that, which even, you know, enhance the picture even more. I thought so, about playing Control after I watched that. I was like, I haven't played the DLC. I, I haven't played all the DLC myself. Um, but yeah, the, um, yeah, I'm, I'm anticipating this being a thing. It might not take off because fucking CRTs are heavy and fucking huge, right? Uh, and most, most gaming desktops are not that deep anymore. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, the, uh, I saw that, and it just remi- uh, reminded me of my old uh, um, ViewSonic fucking drafting monitor that I had. It was almost 27 fucking inches. It was it was a normal-sized television on my computer desk, basically, uh, with um, you know a much better picture. <laughs> uh, it Speaking of, ViewSonic still makes some of the best gaming displays out there. Just yeah. saying. Yeah, uh, and, you know, it's... They're... They're, they're still around, but, you know, that was, I remember picking that fucking monitor up at a fucking terrible little fucking computer shop. I remember they had a, uh, they had one machine hooked up, uh, with a HOTAS set up for, or not a HOTAS, just a joystick, uh, for a mech warrior on PC. And they had a bunch of these. You know, these huge drafting monitors still in the box and they were clearancing them out. Oh my God. Speaking of drafting monitors, I yeah. just found a 24 inch for $9,400. So that's fucking crazy. Here's a um, $1,500 right below it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the drafting monitors were some of the biggest monitors that you could pick up, um, you know, just because they were used for, uh, CAD or computer drafting, you know, back in the day, um, you wanted to have as much you know screen screen space as possible, but they were really great for gaming. Um, you might try thrift shops. Yeah, thrift shops or old uh, old TV repair shops if you can find one that's still around. Um, might have you know might have those uh, you know lying around, uh, but yeah, they're. It, I wouldn't be surprised if you, you know, if you see a newer style CRT, like something that maybe, you know, isn't quite as deep. <laughs> I might, I might very low key look around for one. Yeah. I, I don't know where I'd put one if I got one, but you know, and I kind of like my, my curved, you know, uh, ultra wide. Uh, but it's, it's an interesting, you know, it, it's interesting to see what, you know, current games look like on older display tech. So it's, I thought that was cool. Um, fuck. What was, you know, what, was what you got, Jason? Are you still awake? Yeah, no, I'm still here. Okay. Um, <laughs> he sounded like he just ran from the bathroom. <laughs> you know, there's not much, uh, uh, not really much out there. We've got, uh, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Mm. Um, biggest, uh, biggest thing I've seen, uh, uh, seen lately, um, and was right before PAX East, um, Gearbox and announced that they are, 
um, working on a new Tales from the Borderlands. Oh yeah, that Tales from the Borderlands was uh, was made by Telltale. Telltale, yeah, and that's not a company anymore. Um, so this must be all like all built by Gearbox then. Hang on, I'm trying to pull the article back up. But I, I wonder. I, I do mean, know some of the Telltale people. Um, yeah, because are developing for a new studio. Well, I mean, it was it wasn't necessarily just because Telltale was, um, you know, you know they had a, they had a unique game style, right? Uh, that was that was their thing. A Telltale game was, you know, was basically a um, a graphic novel that you got to play in, um, and and that is uh, the the Tales from the Borderlands, uh, you know, game took that, but it added the extra, you know, the extra stuff from Gearbox, right? The, you know, Gearbox had a lot of say in, you know, how the, how the story progressed and whatnot, right? I don't think it would be that hard for Gearbox to be able to replicate that. It might not feel exactly the same because, you know, Telltale had their, their way of doing things, but, um, I think the bones would still be there, right? The, you know, the, the meat of the story is still, you know, possible to tell. You can't really tell much of a, uh, of a story in a Borderlands game. And believe me, I just played through Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and, uh, oh my God, uh, it doesn't tell very much of a story at all. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm interested uh, to see. Of- None of the articles specifically say if it's any studio other than Gearbox and 2K. So okay, so if Gearbox is taking it on all them uh, all by themselves, yeah, it might be uh, it might be a little bit different than the original, uh, you know, uh, the original game. But then again, if you if you play a tell uh, a Telltale game, it's you know, they all have a very similar style, right? Uh, and I don't think it would be that difficult for a you know production studio like Gearbox to be able to replicate it. So if you know if they're able to replicate it or at least come up with something that you know is similar to uh, a Telltale style game, um, then it'll be successful. I mean, the original Tales from the Borderlands was really successful because the story was good. So, yeah, yeah. the other thing, it's all about writing. The other thing that we saw just briefly that came from PAX East, and then we'll cover more in detail if we can find more uh, next week, is there's a game coming out called Evil West that looks like a melee. Slash gunplay Doom game set in a fantasy Western setting, dude. It looks pretty cool. It dude. looks pretty sick, actually. Yeah, it, it's looks like God of War meets Doom. It's it's a it's a third person uh, Doom game essentially with a character that looks like he's um, uh, a techno Western because uh, he's got yeah. a lot of. It's made by People Can Fly, so Bulletstorm. Oh yeah, well that makes total fucking sense now. Now that you say that, it makes total fucking sense because he's got like, 
Uh, he's got like a fucking predator claw with fucking like electric and shit that goes around it. And he's able to fucking like, you know, punch demons and make them, you know, make their fucking heads explode and shit. It's, uh, you know, and then pull out a fucking old style, you know, double barrel shotgun and fucking like go to town. I thought it looks like a, uh, a third person doom style, but not necessarily in the same you know, speed of like Doom Eternal, um, but kind of the same speed of like um, uh, a remnant from the ashes, but with you know with uh, Doom enemies and a you you know a pretty cool looking you know main dude like anything with a fucking cowboy hat, right? Uh, but yeah, he's a. Uh, uh, that looks really, you know, really great. I, you know, you uh, showed me the trailer for that, and I was pretty impressed. So that that's definitely going to be on the radar for sure because it's not zombies. <laughs> it could be demons that look like zombies, but as long as they say they're not fucking zombies, I'm all right with it. <laughs> Jason, did you have any other news? Nope, not really. It's kind of dry right now. Yeah, it's there's there's some you know some stuff that I've been watching in the MMO space. Of course, you know, um, you know, Final Fantasy XIV's had some problems with their you know with their housing stuff, and that was a pretty big and sore fucking issue for uh, for the gamers uh, that want in you know in game housing, which has always been a problem for that game. Uh, just not enough housing, too many players. Uh, their lottery system fucked up and basically, you know, you know, a, a large number of people, uh, were told that they didn't win a house, even though they were the only person bidding on it because, uh, uh, registrant number zero, which nobody could get number zero, um, you know, won the auction. Uh, so it was like, oh. Yeah, so that you know that caused a you know a bit of a fuss, um, you know, with uh, you know with you know, with gamers in Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, and then I've been watching a lot of the uh, uh, a lot of the shit that you know came from the announcement of uh, World of Warcraft. Um, with the um, what is it, Dragonlands expansion? I think is the name of it. Um, and the uh, the new player race that is the Drakthir, the fucking you know shape shifting dragons that uh, you know dragon characters that have a unique uh, class all their own. Nobody else can fucking use it. It's the Evoker class, and there's two flavors: there's a DPS and a healer. Uh, and uh, the uh, <laughs> the internet's divided like hardcore divided on this fucking, you know, on this announcement because the Drakthir are skinny ass little things. Uh, and people want beefier dragons. Uh, and apparently Blizzard listened to that and said, Oh yeah, there's going to be different body types. So you can be a beefier, uh, beefier dragon boy if you want to. Um, there's, they're trying to build it as like the thing that's going to bring people back to, uh, to World of Warcraft because WoW has been, you know, bleeding player base for a while now. Uh, and a lot of people have been going to games like Final Fantasy 14 or, you know, just playing other fucking games, right? Um, 
uh, and their subscriber counts tanking. Uh, so this is the, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of the people in the MMO space are looking at, wow, uh, do, you know, throwing this expansion out there as kind of like the thing that might save the sinking ship. Um, wow is a really old game. Like, it's just really fucking oh, four. old. Yeah. yeah, we're talking 18 years. Yeah, it's a really old fucking MMO. Uh, and there are MMOs that have lived and died multiple times in, in that space of time. Uh, so, I don't know, man. Um, I know I'm not going to. Even though I love fucking dragons, there is no goddamn way. <laughs> there is no fucking way I'd, you know, I'd uh, re-up the, uh, my subscription. That, you know, the, the World of Warcraft story is diverged so fucking hard to fucking, you know, left field that I would be, you know, my head would be spinning trying to keep, you know, keep track of that. There was people, there's lore people that fucking, you know, ran full YouTube channels devoted to trying to figure out the lore to, you know, to World of Warcraft and gave up and just went to Final Fantasy. So <laughs> I understand Final Fantasy lore way more than I do, uh, you know, World of Warcraft anymore. So. I mean, I'll I'll continue to watch it, but it'll be a watching from afar as this you know as that sinking ship burns. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm good with no MMOs. I've got plenty to do. I don't know, man. I'm Final Fantasy fourteen. You could be a you know you could be a bunny boy now. Uh, I've got I literally still have like three or four games on the rotor right now that need played before I jump into any memorpagers. You're never going to fucking play Final Fantasy 14 with me. Yeah, no, I don't want to be a fucking catboy. Anyways, <laughs> isn't it time to wrap the show up? Yeah, go ahead. All right, Jason. Oh, yeah. Where can you find us? Find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash realtiltcast, and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show. We've got Cabbage KBG. We've got NoQuarters.net for the love of gaming. BMFCast.com and TVGP.TV. They like video games. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace. Peace.